Hi, this is Debbie Morgan, and you're listening to The Spirit of Now out of Zeitgeist Atlanta, where we talk to spiritual leaders and influencers about what is going on now. And today we're having yet another conversation with Carl McCollman. I am so excited, lucky, and blessed to have the opportunity to share time with you, Carl. And so I want to welcome you back. Um, and we're here with exciting news today. Well, multiple pieces of exciting news today. The first piece of good news that we're sharing today is about Carl being our contemplative in residence at Zeitgeist. So what does that mean exactly? Well, there are a few ramifications of that, but the most important being that at Zeitgeist, we have a sincere desire to create a foundation of contemplation in everything we do. We're about community building and we want to do that from a contemplative perspective. We are about practice and teaching and we want our personal lives to be grounded in contemplative practices. And also we want to reach out into our community and we do that in a contemplative fashion. And Carl is an expert at that. And Carl has the heart for that. And our desire to partner with him is based on what he brings to the organization and his wisdom, his presence, and his own practice that shines through in everything he does. And if you know Carl, you know that to be true. And if you have not had the pleasure of spending time with Carl, you will learn that to be true. And so, Carl, we welcome you as a partner in this regard, as our contemplative advisor, as our coach, as our inspiration. Um, but let me turn it over to you for a minute and ask, how is the partnership fulfilling one of your desires as well? Thanks, Devaney. Uh, from my perspective, it's really an honor to have this kind of more formal or you know, uh, structured relationship with Zeitgeist. As you know, you know, I guess I've been part of the Zeitgeist family now for what, going on two years. And um, we've, you know, I've had the opportunity to teach several classes with Zeitgeist. We've got uh, one coming up this fall. Uh, we're talking about putting together uh, this sacred pilgrimage to Ireland, hopefully in 2023. And, um, you know, and I know you and I have talked about a lot of other possibilities as well. So, so on the one hand, I think we were already kind of informally building this relationship. So I'm delighted that we are giving it a more kind of formal structure. Um, but as you know, and I, I assume anyone who's familiar with my work knows that my center of gravity is the Christian tradition. But like so many Christian contemplatives, um, I have a very strong sense that Christian mysticism is in deep resonance with all of the world's great contemplative traditions. Yes, yes. So I, um, I, I know you use the phrase, which I guess comes from Aldous Huxley, the perennial wisdom or the perennial tradition. Mm -hmm. And so, um, which is as good a name for this as any. And, um, and I think that, you know, the, I'm very blessed to have many venues within the Christian world, you know, from Jesuit retreat centers to monasteries, to seminaries, to local churches that partner with me to teach Christian mysticism in a Christian context. I'm happy to do that. And, um, 
And I also recognize that Christian mysticism has an important voice in this larger kind of perennial conversation. Yes, yeah. And I see this relationship with Zeitgeist for me as the, the place where I can, the location, if you will, where I can be part of that larger conversation. So it, it doesn't take away the Christian work I do, which is usually in Christian contexts. Uh, I'm still a Christian. I still, my, my center of gravity is still Christian mysticism. But, you know, like the, um, like the bumper sticker says, praise well with others. <laughs> that, is, that is the spirit that I bring to, to this context is, is uh, hopefully a spirit of humility, a spirit of listening, a spirit of, of dialogue where, you know, as a Christian contemplative, what I'm interested in is exploring the way to be contemplative in the world we find ourselves in, the spirit of now, as, as, as you say, um, in this context of meaningful relationship with people of all wisdom traditions or people who are not aligned with any specific wisdom tradition, but who still discern within their own heart this call to a more contemplative stance. So, you know, being a contemplative in residence, uh, what does that mean? That doesn't mean I'm going to be sitting in the corner meditating while you have classes. Um, Wait a minute. I I thought we'd discuss this, Carl. (laughs) No, no, that that was only on third Thursdays of of alternate. But, but, you know, but obviously it, it does mean that, you know, as I continue my practice, I see the Zeitgeist community as part of my larger circle. So I'm holding that intentionality on a daily basis. So, you know, I am, you know, it's, it's funny because monks pray for the world. So I contemplate on behalf of the Zeitgeist community. So that I see as, as kind of part of the spiritual commitment, but then on a more nuts and bolts level, just the reality that, that I will be, part of the ongoing conversation, whether that means, again, teaching courses, being being available for some of the cohorts and the work that they're doing, uh, leading a sacred pilgrimage, or whatever else we might cook up in the meantime. So. Right. And each one of those is something, as, as you've said, that you've done in the past and will continue to do in the future. So um, being accessible to our students is such a gift. And um, of course, people will hear, hear more from us as we start planning our, our island trip. But um, as a pilgrimage and retreat leader, Carl, you're, you're just amazing. And I'm so excited about that. Um, a few other nuts and bolts things that I want to put out there is uh, that you are a spiritual director, as are the people that we've trained. And so for people who would like to do spiritual direction with you, they can access that through our website. They can uh, hook up with you for that. And also, you know, Carl, what y- you do as a spiritual teacher is so important. And I know that a lot of people would like to support that financially. And so on our website, we will direct them to your Patreon and people can support you via your Patreon account. And also people will be able to donate to Zeitgeist in order to support your mission as well, because we will have a budget line that is supporting our contemplative in residence. So um, that's another possibility for people as well to support your ongoing work. Well, and, you know, um, money is not my long suit, but, um, <laughs> but one thing that I will say that 
that may be of interest to people who are interested in supporting both Zeitgeist and my own work is that Zeitgeist is a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of the agreement of this relationship is that any donations that are made on behalf of supporting my work will support the organization as well. So we, you know, right. we, will, we will share that donation. And then the benefit to the donor is that because Zeitgeist is a 501c3, that will be um, a tax deductible donation for them. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, people who support me via Patreon for whom I am profoundly grateful do that out of the goodness of their heart because I'm not a tax exempt uh, entity. So they don't get any, any tax benefit from that. But any donations made through Zeitgeist would have that tax exempt status. Yes. And, and like you said, do support uh, Zeitgeist to a certain extent. So right. full disclosure there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's uh, the beauty of a partnership, right? Mm-hmm. right. We've, got, we've, got, we've got a co-occurring mission. Mm-hmm. So we just can't uh, shout that from the rooftops enough, Carl. We're so proud to have you uh, associated with the organization. And our other good news is your new book that is coming out at the end of June. And, um, you know, Richard Rohr loves your work. And anyone who's ever read it would certainly say the same thing. We hosted a book launch for you. Um, year before last, and you are prolific enough that here we are excited to do it again. So the new book is called Eternal Heart. Tell us about that, Carl. What What is an eternal heart? And what are we going to learn about it when we read the book? Well, the the book comes really, I guess the genesis of it, uh, all puns uh, included, comes out of a verse from the Hebrew scriptures from what Christians call the Old Testament, uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, which is an amazing book of existential philosophy. Let me, let me digress just a little. Um, you know, it's, um, if anyone is interested in kind of existentialism from 2,500 to 3,000 3, years ago, go read the book of Ecclesiastes. Fascinating text. But there's a line in that text, it's almost a throwaway line, but I remember reading it one day and it just, it just lit my imagination. And it, and it basically, you know, it's talking about spirit, God, that, that, that the divine has placed eternity in our hearts. And um, I think that the, the full verse is, it's like Ecclesiastes 3.11, that, the, that God, the spirit, the divine has put, um, has made everything beautiful in its time and has placed eternity in the human heart. And when I read that, you know, it just caught my imagination. And I thought this idea that, that, that by divine act, every one of us carries eternity in our hearts. Well, what does that mean? How right? do we make sense of that? Is that just poetry? Was that just, you know, the author of Ecclesiastes waxing poetic? Or is there a spiritual principle there that we can actually embrace and, and manifest and live according so I kind of went on this a little bit of a detective, um, you know, put my Sherlock Holmes hat on and just started reading what else, beginning with the Christian, Jewish and Christian scriptures, but not ending there. Uh, what else did, did the sacred tradition have to say about the heart? And I actually identified in the Jewish and Christian scriptures, eight specific gifts 
about that and the human heart, gifts placed in the human heart. And I, and I will mention this, Joshua's bracket, this, since the book has gone to press, I've actually found one or two more. It's like uh-huh. the, the Bible is just filled with these gifts that are given to us in our hearts. So maybe there will be son of eternal heart in the future or <laughs> eternal heart, the next generation, but um, you know, the additional gifts, but um, the bonus gifts or something, but the, um, but, but for the purposes of the book, there are these eight gifts that are in our heart. And so I didn't want this just to be a book of Christian spirituality. Mm-hmm. So with each one of these gifts, I do, I do like a, a three-way dialogue. Um, where I, I have the actual passage out of, out of the scriptural tradition, then a voice from a mystic, and then a voice from outside the Christian tradition. Oh, I love so, that structure. So Chignot Han shows up, Pema Chodron shows up, um, Mirabai, not, not Mirabai Star, but who Mirabai Star was named after, the poet Mirabai shows right. up. You know, so, so several voices, again, from the world's sacred traditions. And... And I also, because I'm a Jesus nerd, I also have Christ in there, his beatitudes, which of course are, were basically affirmations of blessing for people who, who calibrate their lives to certain ways. So I, coordinate, I, I, I connect each one of these gifts of the heart to a beatitude, the voice from a mystic and the voice from another tradition to essentially make this kind of sustained meditation on what are the gifts that we already have in our hearts? You know, this is, I guess, one of, my, one of my things is that spirituality, you know, we have so many images. Spirituality is a journey. Spirituality, you know, the ascent of Mount Carmel, you know, the stairway of per- perfection, uh, Merton and Dante, the seven-story mountain, you know, always these images of journey and of passage. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's because life is a journey. So, so, it's, so it's a valid metaphor. But the problem with that metaphor is that it makes it sound like spirituality, spiritual wisdom, spiritual gifts are something we have to attain. Right, like you're not there yet. Exactly. And I think the gifts of the heart are a reminder that what you have is already in you. Mm -hmm. What you need is already in you. Now, maybe it hasn't been activated. Maybe it hasn't been manifested. Maybe you you, you you haven't turned the key the treasure is already there. So that's really what, what, what the book promises to be. Now, the, the subtitle of the book is The Mystical Path to a Joyful Life. So uh, my, my um, promise for the book, and I hope readers will find that the book makes good on this promise. My promise is that when we embrace these gifts that are already given into us in our hearts, we are walking the path to joy. And I know many people will say my, my, life, my life is anything but joyful. I know there's so much suffering in the world. There's trauma. People have been, have been you know, hurt by economic injustice or systems of privilege. You know, so many ways in which our lives lack joy. I believe that the gifts of the heart are an essential key for those of us who feel that our lives lack joy to reclaim the joy that is ours by divine birthright. And then for those of us who um, I'm very privileged to say that, you know, I am a happy person. I, I do believe my life is, is shaped by joy. Then it's, it's our responsibility uh, to share that with others. You know, how can I take the joy that is welling up out of my heart and use that to spread the love as it were. So that's really what the, what the book kind of explores. So. I love that. And, and I love how you 
are being holistic about it. I love how there is a place for this way of being even when someone is struggling or suffering. And the fact that you connect each of these gifts with a beatitude, I find that to be very, very powerful because so much of you just, you know, saying what we all already know, so much of Christianity has been focused on the happy, happy, joy, joy. And if that's not where you're at, then you're not connected to the divine. But we know that that's <clears throat> not true at all. Mm-hmm. And um, the gifts of the heart are the same gifts, no matter what is going on today or this week or in the middle of a global pandemic, right? That the gifts remain constant. And it's a matter of how well we can attach to them and how well we can live into them. And that probably varies day to day, but, but, you know, the consistency of what's available to us is, is beautiful. Yeah. The gifts do not guarantee that you have a happy, clappy life. Um, You know, and, and one of the things that I think is so important is that we acknowledge our traumas and our suffering and, and our shadow experiences Uh, because very often there's a call to justice. There's a call to, to create better relationships, better social structures, those kinds of things. That's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, but that hard work, I believe, needs to be anchored in joy, needs to be anchored in faith, in trust, in, in an optimistic recognition that, that you know, the spirit is a spirit of happy endings. And so no matter how dire our circumstances are today, we are all always given the promise that we can co-create a better tomorrow. It may take a lot of work, may take a lot of struggle, and that tomorrow may be a long time in coming. What was it that um, Martin Luther King Jr. said? I'm probably misquoting him, but something to the extent of that the, the arc of the universe is long, but it does bend towards justice. Yeah. And so I would add to that, it also bends towards joy. Yeah. And that, that when we are in the place where justice is, we are also in the place where joy is or joy can be. Joy can blossom and flourish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I don't know that you can. Ha- Wait, I, I, Emma Goldman, if I can't dance, I don't want to be part of your revolution. You know, I don't <laughs> think you can have true justice without joy or without at least the opportunity for joy, the, the first mm-hmm. fruits of joy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I don't think there's an authentic joy without real justice or at least a concerted effort to to create justice and and dismantle injustice the two go together yeah 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 well it takes us it takes us out of our self-concern and self-focus yeah exactly you can't do justice without compassion and empathy and you can't do compassion and empathy without these gifts of the heart that you're talking about right yeah which includes compassion and empathy towards one's own self too you know, so, um, right. so that's the book. So yes, I'm, I'm very excited about it. And, um, you know, it's, I've been working on it for several years now. So it's always this very exciting moment when we're, you know, it's about to be unleashed on an unsuspecting world. <laughs> Wah, so. the, the baby is almost here. Yeah. Um, so speaking of almost here, the uh, launch event 
is going to be Tuesday, June 29th, and Zeitgeist is sponsoring that along with Mary and Martha's Place, another Atlanta organization that we'd love to partner with. And this will be a virtual event, so people, wherever you are, you're welcome to join us. And um, Carl, of course, will be reading some from the book, as you do, and uh, you can find out where to order the book at the event. And also, we'll have a few guest speakers also talking about um, the perspective of the heart and the gifts of the heart, including Loretta Coleman Brown, who has been associated with us before as well. So Carl, anything you would want to add about the event? Um, yeah, the, you mentioned there will be several, several uh, dialogue partners, guest speakers, um, a wonderful Decatur, Georgia-based musician named Caroline Herring, a folk musician. She will be with us. And then a West Coast uh, author and spiritual director named Colette Lafia, who actually has a brand new book this season called The Divine Heart. Ah. So, so all, all of us, and Caroline has several heart-centered songs. So all of us are kind of heart people. Lorita, When the Heart Speaks, Listen. Colette, The Divine Heart. Myself, Eternal Heart. So really this, this event, I didn't just want the whole event to be about me and my book. That felt kind of weird. So I, I wanted to invite, uh, you know, friends, uh, colleagues, people who I admire, who are also kind of on this heart journey. Mm. So, um, we're, you know, really this, this event will be an opportunity for us all, including, you know, the people who participate to reflect together on the gifts of the heart, the promises of the heart, the wisdom of the heart, those kinds of things. So that's, that's really what we're, um, what we're going to look at. You know, the heart, every, every sacred tradition recognizes that the heart is the seat of contemplation, mm -hmm. you know, to bring this back to being contemplative and residence. And, and, you know, and contemporary heart research, you know, the Heart Math Institute and other right. organizations that are approaching the heart from kind of more of a neurological or, a, you know, empirical perspective, recognize that the heart has the second highest concentration of nerve cells in the human body. So the heart really is, you know, we talk about like the heart's intuition. The heart really does know how to know but it knows not in that kind of linear cognitive way that we associate with the mind, but in more of that holistic embodied, uh, mm -hmm. deeply intuitive way. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, so that's the kind of stuff we're going to be celebrating uh, at, the, at, the, at the book's launch. So um, yeah, that is so powerful. And maybe we can even sneak in a, a heart meditation too. We'll see. Yeah, we will uh, yeah. see. Uh, we still got a little more planning to do. So lots of surprises, but we invite all of y'all to join us. Like I said, it's virtual. So no matter where you are, you are welcome to join us and learn more about the book, learn where you can get the book and get to meet our uh, Zeitgeist contemplative, contemplative in residence, Carl McCallman. Thank you so much for your time today, Carl. I am stoked about June 29th and folks can learn more at our website that's zgatl.org and you'll see something about this on the front page so sign up and we'd love to see you then thanks again carl oh thank you Devaney.
about June 29th. And folks can learn more at our website. That's zgatl.org. And you'll see something about this on the front page. So sign up and we'd love to see you then. Thanks again, Carl. Oh, thank you, Debony. Hey, this is Rabbi Mitch Cohen. I'd like to invite you to the Zeitgeist Atlanta Silent Meditation Retreat, November 16th through 20th. More information, go to our website at zgatlanta.org. Hope to see you there, but not hear you there.